This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. Happy Monday to everybody. Hope you all had a great weekend. Hopefully you all enjoyed the football action that took place over the weekend. Some compelling games. We'll get into all of the details. Talk about the Super Bowl matchup between the 49ers and the Chiefs. We've got Seth Walder, ESPN analytics writer, joining us at 3 o'clock. We'll see if, it, in fact... Uh, you know, the moves that were made in that Lions game were, were poor choices, as a lot are saying, or whether that was the right move based on analytics. We'll get into all kinds of conversation with him on that and everything else. And then we'll speak to the uh, voice of the Ravens. Their play-by-play man, Jerry Sandusky, will join us as it appears the Seahawks are set to speak with Mike McDonald. They've requested that interview, so they will speak with him for the first time. And I believe they're going to be speaking with Ben Johnson for the second time coming up here now that both are... Both are free to do so as their teams have been eliminated, Dave. Yeah, and I guess since, well, I mean, look, just based on what we want, uh, it's it's a good thing, right, that those guys are out of the playoffs. Let's get on with our head coaching search. Yeah, who they cares about their teams? care about the Super Bowl. It's all about the Seahawks. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was very, very interesting that uh, those two guys both uh, both lost. I, you know, I thought... I thought for sure that that the Ravens were going to be able to take that one home. You just look at what they've done to the rest of the NFL. I mean, the other team in the NFC Championship, the Detroit Lions, they killed them, much like they killed us. I think it was like thirty-four to three in their game. Ours was thirty-seven to three, and um, yeah, no, it was thirty-eight to six. They beat Detroit, and you know they put up over five hundred yards, and you know they they got five sacks on defense, picked off a pass. I mean, I. They, they killed him, and they were just pretty much doing that to everybody, including the 49ers. And the Dolphins and the, J- the, the Jaguars. Bills, I mean, yeah. the Texans, playoff teams. They were just thrashing everybody. And we talked about the idea of a dominant team. Is there a dominant team in the NFL? And I don't know if you thought the Ravens were dominant, but they were the closest to it because of the quality of opponents they had beaten in the, in, in the manner in which they beat those teams. Throttled them. So you thought, okay, this is in the Chiefs by their measure, by their standards, we're having a down year. The offense hasn't hasn't lived up to what it's been in the past. Their defense is, is one of the best in the league, which is you know kind of a turn of events for them. They've got one of the best defenses. The offense was st- struggling. Well, they they found it. They found it. they put up. I mean, seventeen to ten. That's not a high. That's not a shootout by any stretch of the imagination. But that Chiefs defense, they allow a touchdown in the first and a and a field goal in the fourth. Yeah, and that's it against Lamar Jackson against that that offense, and uh, you know they got to Lamar Jackson. They were able to force him into a turnover. They sacked him. Fake the handoff. Jackson will step up. Jackson hit from behind. The ball's not free. Kansas City's got it. Car Loftus on the recovery. The pressure too much, and Lamar Jackson did not see it from behind. Omenahu gets in there and gets home. Yeah, bummer for Omena, who is now out torn ACL, so he will not play in the Super Bowl. But yeah, that's a that's a shame. But Spagnolo, we'll talk about him later. Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator. I remember doing a thing on him uh, back when uh, when they they beat the Forty ers Was that is that right? You're talking about the Giants? Yeah, I'm trying to. No, I'm talking about Spagnolo as a defensive coordinator with the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. he just he's very underrated. Like I said, we'll talk about him later, but. Yeah, I mean, his pass rush eventually just 
got to Lamar Jackson. And he doesn't do anything real fancy, you know, but just very solid. His guys are really well coached. So, yeah, he's uh, he's done a really good job there. A very underrated part of that game. Well, and then, you you know, Lamar had some brilliant plays in that game, which he typically does. I mean, he's, he's a special talent. But then the, some of the decisions, including the one to throw into triple coverage, I, I don't know what it was he was looking at. There was nothing. <laughs> He's his guy in a in a small sea of of the opposition out there. Twelfth play of the drive here for Baltimore. Shotgun. Jackson looking. Jackson middle end zone intercepted, and it's Bush with the pick. Goes down in the end zone. Turnover. Ravens a huge one. Kansas City takes over. I don't know what he was doing there. I don't have any. I haven't heard his explanation. I'm sure he was asked about it. I haven't heard what he said. But you got you got three Kansas City Chiefs around your guy there in the end zone, and you're. I I, I don't know what to say. Terrible decision. That's I guess as well as you could put it. Yeah, and unfortunately for him, who's just been fantastic. I mean, going into that game, I'm like, that's the MVP right there. Oh, he'll yeah, he'll win that. Yeah, but then afterwards, I was like, mm, what about well, you thought Christian Holmes? McCaffrey? You you picked Christian McCaffrey to win. Yeah, but I'm talking about in that game. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he has Travis a very Kelsey. very special relationship with his tight end there. Yeah, he just he just makes plays. So yeah, I mean I. It, that happens to the best of them, and it was surprising to see that because I don't think Lamar Jackson is just a guy that can run the ball. Certainly, I mean, he makes it a huge nightmare, and I would say as far as preparation, if you're a defense, Lamar Jackson's harder to prepare for by far than Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah, it's uh, it, it was really mystifying why he threw that pass. I felt bad for him, actually, but, you know, he had such a, a great year. But, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a bit of a surprise, especially holding him at home to 10 points. Well, and then you've got Legereus Sneed out there at a huge play, knocking that ball loose before Zay Flowers crosses the goal line. And that was after Zay Flowers got called for taunting, you know, kind of pushed him on the ground and mm. flipped the ball next to him. Him and and then that happens. But uh, Snead after the game saying the Ravens didn't take us seriously. I can honestly say this, man. They was looking past us. They was already at the Super Bowl. Like I say, they act like they wasn't worried about us at all. Mm. But, you know, we had the mindset in that we got to handle this game. And they didn't have the mindset. And they're a great team. Great coaches and great everything around the organization. I can say, man, we just came with a different mindset than them. <laughs> they acted like they were looking past us. I, I don't. I don't know what. It, I don't know what he took that from. Yeah. You know, maybe who knows? Who knows what the smack talk was going on down there and what was being said? But started it, early, right? It started before the game during warmups <laughs> with a kicker. Started yeah. with a kicker with Justin Tucker out there with his kicking tee and his ball out there that what in what seemed to be in the middle of where the Chiefs were warming up. Patrick Mahomes like kicked his tee a couple of times and then grabbed it and threw it and then Kelsey comes up and takes his. T- Tucker's helmet and throws it, and yeah, there was there was some heat before the game. Yeah, I didn't mind that too much, and I was like, boy, he talks a lot of crap. And Mike was like, oh, you mean the kicker? I'm like, yeah. no, I was talking about Kelsey. He was he was fired up and into it. But sometimes guys have to get themselves in that kind of a mood in order to to get going. And uh, he was going all day long, man, Kelsey. It, it appeared to work yeah. because uh, eleven targets, eleven catches, unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. He's I mean, he's the best tight end in the league. We've been saying it for a few years. I mean, love Kittle. I'd always take Kelsey ahead of him. 
He's one of those guys we talk about it all the time with tight ends. He doesn't look like he's that fast. He doesn't. He's not some body beautiful, ripped, muscular guy. He's obviously faster than he looks on TV because he blows by people. He gets open. He's a strong dude. He is just. He's a good blocker. He just is is the complete package. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because going back to me, this goes back to like 2008. Uh, I think it was 2007, eight before Gronk got in the league, and I'm not saying he's the he's the best of all time, but the one play I always think about with him is, and sorry, but KJ man to man coverage on him in Super Bowl 49, and he wins, and you know he's just a they're tough matchups, but back in 08, like I remember when uh, Tom Brady was throwing for like 400 yards, and they didn't have a tight end that was four wides. Everybody was going that way, and it seemed like there was kind of a dearth of really good tight ends. And then, you know, over the last few years, you got Gronk, Kelsey, uh, Kittle, Zach Ertz, um, even even Graham. You know, he Jimmy he Graham. Really, you had Jason Witten. You had, you had Antonio yeah. Gates. You've had you know, and in my, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, and in my day, it was kind of. Uh, I'm trying to remember the tight end who uh, Troy Aikman used to throw to all the time, but it was just automatic. They just had a thing where they just had a connection, and and it was a lot about his his body position and how he used his his big frame, and that's what these guys are doing. And it just yeah, it's kind of kind of an interesting phenomenon going back to where I thought the tight end position basically was going to be eliminated from the NFL, and then you look in the last ten years, and there's just been some really really good tight ends that. Are you know that are they can get open no matter what? Yeah, and I I, re, I was reading these stats to you. Ari Mirov, I think is how you say his last name. I, I retweeted him, but he sent out this tweet. Uh, Travis Kelsey's last twelve playoff games, and I won't go through every. He lists every game: eight catches, one hundred nine, a touchdown, do thirteen catches, blah blah blah. So last twelve playoff games and twelve playoff games his last twelve one hundred and four catches, eleven hundred seventy eight yards, thirteen touchdowns. In 12 games. And as we talked about before the show, not game four of the season, game five, games that if you don't win, you're going home, that mean everything. Every catch is magnified. Every moment is magnified. And that those are his numbers in his last 12 playoff games. And what was the, the, the yardage real quick? 1178. 104 catches, 13 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it's almost 100 yards a game. I mean, if you extrapolate that to a 17-game a season, I mean, that's that's crazy, the the numbers there. But you see when it's when it's cut time, I mean, Mahomes, that's who he's going to. Yeah. it's And just back to the, the Ravens for a moment, I mean, the fact that they were held to a, a touchdown in the first quarter – scoreless throughout the rest of the game until that late field goal is is remarkable. And Steve Spagnuolo and that defense deserve a ton of credit. Lamar on third down, passing, was one of six, seven yards, two sacks. Brutal day for him. And then the Ravens had seven rushing attempts in the entire second half. Yeah, How do you do that? I mean, it's not like, you, well, we had to pass the ball. We were trailing in the whole game. You're down by a score. How do, how do you – seven? I don't know. Is that a result of what the Chiefs were doing to him defensively, in your opinion, or how do you sort of justify what what happened? Because their their offensive coordinators taking a beating on social media. People, Todd Munkin, what's he doing out there? Mm-hmm. Is it is it? Do you give 
blame to him, or do you give credit to Spagnuolo for what took place there? Spagnuolo's really good. He's really good, and it's nothing fancy. That's the other thing. When you break down and look at his what he's doing defensively, there's not anything. I mean, they had a lot of four-man rush. They were getting after him, and I remember writing in my notes, that pass rush is going to get to him at some point. But And it wasn't you know featured, but it was just... You know, you saw Lamar Jackson running around and having to throw on the run, and he's just a very good, sound coach. And I thought they did it kind of the old-fashioned way. Well, Ryan Clark on uh, First Take explains why, in his opinion, the Ravens had imposter syndrome. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they played as if they had imposter syndrome. Mm. They played as, like a team that, as much as they wanted the world to think they felt they deserved to be there. They played like a team that didn't feel like they deserved to be there. Their quarterback pressed. When you look at Lamar Jackson in the most pressurized moments, he didn't revert back to what he knew. It almost seemed like he was playing to prove to the world, I can win playing this way. When all the Baltimore Ravens need him to do is just win being Lamar Jackson. And I know there were points in this season where we praised him for his ability to scramble to throw, his ability to create to throw where there were opportunities yesterday where he could have been the best athlete on the field yeah. because he is yeah. and he chose not to do that what do you think the imposters did they feel like we don't really belong here I don't, I don't know i don't think i buy that i think they felt very comfortable that they belonged there that they were i don't know if they were looking past the idea in in a game that sends you to the super bowl that you're looking past anybody i'm sorry i don't buy that well, and, you know, same thing with, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about these two coordinators. I mean, do you feel bad about them now? No. They took their teams to the AFC and NFC championship game. So, yeah, that that's that's crazy. That's cookie <laughs> that's, talk. Yeah. 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 And by the way, you'll have two weeks to get ready for the next person that you will face. And to me, that's, yeah, that's that's silly. I think it's just a way of looking back at it and going, oh, this is what happened. And yeah. this is how I'm going to sort of sew it up. Well, I'll say this. Uh, my opinion of Mike McDonald did not change. In the first half, I was like, okay, well, well, let's see. Gives up 17 points in the first half. Shuts out the Chiefs in the second half. They don't score yeah. a point. Yep. So, you know, I, whatever adjustments he made, they made. Uh, my opinion of him, which is very high, did not change after that game. Now you forward to the, uh, the later game. The 49ers beat the Lions in what turned out to be a bit of a shootout, 34-31. Uh, and it looked like, I mean, the Lions jumped out early, looked like they were they were going to run away with this thing, and, and the 49ers looked like they're on their heels, like, what is going on? It was not a good – their defense was bad in the first half. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, went, it was not good against the Packers. I'm wondering what's going on with that defense with the 49ers, but the offense couldn't get going. The defense was giving up points, and you're like, all right, I guess this is just – not their game, and then you fast forward to the second half, and and all of a sudden they put together some plays, and that that catch by Ayuk seemed to just change everything, changed the momentum almost immediately. When it, that happens, you kind of just go, oh, "What do we have to do, man?" I mean, we had coverage guy, you know, makes a play on the ball. What did he say? Something about a ladybug landing on his shoe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that the guy? Did you take him from uh, the Niners, Mike? As your one player. I did. Yeah. yeah. I was glad he made that catch. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, the touchdown after. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, I don't know. I Here's one thing that came out of this. That scramble by Purdy at the end. Yeah. Stop calling him unathletic. Stop saying he can't run. He's not an athlete. That that He's faster than I gave him credit over. for, man. He had some, 
huge scrambles. Huge. Yeah. I mean, and he outran Anzalone and a couple of their DBs. I mean, but yeah, I mean, back to your point uh, at halftime, I think it was 280 total yards that that the Lions had versus 131. It just took them a while to get going. Um, But yeah, it was... uh, And by the way, I talked about Travis Kelsey talking lots of mess. The 49er defense is really easy to hate. <laughs> they really are. I mean, it, for for you Seahawk fans, it's they they never stopped talking crap. It was, seemed like it was on every single play. I'm like, geez, give it a rest. I guess that's so. what they were like. Kelsey, I guess, firing themselves up. I guess I don't know. I was I was pulling so hard for the Lions. It's almost as if they were my childhood team, Dave. I was mm. like, the, John, the late great John Clayton would have been proud. I was just like, come on, come on. And when things were going wrong for him, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm invested like I am in a Seahawk game. I yeah. desperately wanted the Lions to win. I picked the 49ers to win, but I wanted the Lions to win. Uh, but then 49ers get it going, and then Christian McCaffrey started doing his thing. There's an eye formation, second down goal inside the two of Detroit. Purdy under center, snap, spin, handoff, McCaffrey, touchdown, over the guard, boring his way through for six. What a comeback by San Francisco. Unbelievable. I mean, they just looked flat. They looked out of it. They looked like, you know, here's this inspired Lions team that jumped on them early out of the gates, and and the defense looked problematic as we just talked. It just felt like, all right, not not going to be their night. Congrats to the Lions. This is going to be a great story. I was, and then it all went away, Dave. <laughs> it well, all went away. And you know, you you think about how the Lions came out and punched him in the mouth, um, and. There's some real value. I mean, that's why Kyle Shanahan is such a good coach because, you know, and Steve Wilkes, the the defensive coordinator, I mean, you get hit in the mouth like that and you absorb it and then find a way to come back and flip the script in the second half. I mean, that takes a lot of belief and a lot of really good leadership and really good coaching. So, yeah, that was uh, unfortunately... And I wasn't rooting for the 49ers at all. So in case anybody wants to text in, I was not rooting for the 49ers. I like some of their players. Okay. Yeah, you respect them. You can't help but respect them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy, after the game, just talked about how they were able to come back from a 17-point deficit. The love, the brotherhood, it's real. It's the NFL. I guess you could say it's a business, but guys care about each other in this locker room and, and what we've been through. And we got a core group of guys that have been here for the last couple of years and, and the standard and culture that they've built. And then the guys that Kyle and John brings in, like everyone fits that mold. And, you know, it showed tonight in a huge moment. Like if you're down 17, you got to care about each other. And you got to love each other to get a comeback and going. And so I think we showed that tonight. We'll get into the fourth down calls and all that stuff, Dave, because that's a huge talking point. Yeah. Uh, but just to Purdy really, really quickly before we get to take two, how much credit do you give him for the comeback? Because the whole offense was struggling. The defense was struggling. The first half was just a team struggle. You look at him, he was 7 of 15, 93 yards and in an interception. He gets hit uh, as he's throwing the ball, gets picked off. That's in the first half. Second half, he goes 13 of 16, 174 yards, a touchdown, and 49 rushing yards. Yeah, I he mean, was, he responded. I mean, again, getting hit in the mouth, and then and that's a, a physical team, the the Lions have, and he just went out and made plays. And yeah, I was just getting so aggravated by people talking about, oh, normally unathletic, and I'm like, look at this, that run he had, the scramble at the end, it was ridiculous. So yeah, I I, uh, I think not only is is he a good athlete, but he's a, he's a really good player. I think you can just 
I think he can play in pretty much anybody's system. He's smart enough to execute the system. Kyle Shanahan has a good system because they're in the Super Bowl, but I feel like most offensive coordinators, this guy can go out and get it done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But there's still people talking about they're there almost in spite of him. <laughs> you know. But he, by the way, if you follow Richard Sherman, he's all over him. He's all pro Purdy and just he's talking smack to people on Twitter. And oh, this is just average, huh? Is that average play? No, no. I mean, he's kind of just really reveling in the moment. It's pretty, I, it's pretty funny. I think Mike showed us that the the picture of him and his dad outfit, you know, yeah, where he gets to yeah. the game and he's got like his big white <laughs> shoes like Pete Carroll and he looks like a dad, except yeah. He looks like more of like a, a son because yeah. he's young looking, and yeah, I just I think that there are things like that. If you don't watch him and you, you're not you know part of West Coast football, you're only looking at guys on the East East Coast. I mean, I feel like yeah, you look at him and go, ah, yeah, that guy's just all about the system, whatever. It's ridiculous. All right, let's take two. The caption on that was hilarious too. What was it? It was uh, your dad getting to the airport six hours early <laughs> as Brock Purdy walks into the stadium in his dad outfit. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the news That's we'll get into thing. at two thirty. Uh, this you know does involve the Seahawks. Both coordinators are out, and Tom Pelissero says that uh, John Schneider is flying into Detroit today to interview Ben Johnson, and then the Seahawks will talk to Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald tomorrow. Yeah, I saw, again, just judging on social media, Ben Johnson taking some hits for not running the ball more. It was, it was more mostly directed at Dan Campbell. But, you know, you look at both these teams, they lost. Both the guys you you want as your head coach, their teams lost, not because of them, in my opinion. And I'm my opinion didn't change on either one of them. If they land either one of them, Dave, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, I, I don't think that, you, you know, because we talked a little bit about Dan Quinn and his defense and did that, you know, make it a little bit less exciting, of, you know, as far as the excitement around around him. But, um, yeah, I don't. This is the AFC NFC championship game. And, and you, you made it to the doorstep, didn't make it in. But, yeah, and we'll find out later uh, when we talk to our analytics guy. A little bit more about uh, about Ben Johnson uh, when we hear from Seth Walter. It's uh, it's encouraging. Well, some former Seahawks coaches are on the move. Clint Hurt has been hired as the Eagles' new defensive line coach. And then Tom Pelissero, he's been uh, all over everything today, reports that Nick Sirianni is also expected to hire Carl, Carl Scott as the Eagles' defensive backs coach. Ah, I like Carl Scott. Um, and and I, I liked, uh, also I like Clint Hurt. I thought he did a good job when he was D-line coach. But, do, you, do you like Scott as a co- like you think he did some good things with his team as a coach, or you just like his knowledge and his personality? I like that part, but I also like the fact that they they took the, at least that first year they took a huge step against the pass, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was you know there was less uh, people holding up their hands, looking around. So yeah, I mean, I, but I do I do like the way he teaches. So um, but yeah, it's good for him. I mean, these guys were all told, hey. Go find jobs. You know, you're free to do that. Take two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up, the stage is set for the Seahawks to hire one of the best two coordinators on the market. But which one will it be? And more importantly, when will it happen? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports. Text line is there for you at 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll speak with Seth Walder. He's the analytics writer for ESPN. We'll talk to him about 
Dan Campbell's choices in that game that he's being ripped for right now and some other things as it pertains to that, to analytics and where some of the Seahawks may rank, things like that. So make sure you stay tuned. Interesting conversation with him. Uh, meanwhile, Seahawks are set to interview uh, Ben Johnson today, Mike McDonald tomorrow. So assuming that what if, if they love them both, I assume one will land here and one would land in Washington. How that works out, we're not sure. When we... Uh, who do we uh, – Field Yates, when we spoke with Field, he, he kind of implied Ben Johnson, Washington, Washington seemed to be yeah. a connection. I don't know if that was – And then, you know, they got the number one pick, is that right? Or number, is it number two. Number two, yeah. Yeah, because so, the Bears have the number one pick. Right. And so, you know, that's one of those uh, things you favorably come into uh, a spot like that. So it's just assuming offensive guy, he's going to get his quarterback, and then Ben Johnson and this quarterback are going to be connected at the hip for the next – 10 years, right? Yeah. And go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Tom Pelissaro on uh, Good Morning Football talked about the interview schedule for both teams. The Seahawks are scheduled to interview Ben Johnson later today in Detroit. Then they are set to interview Mike McDonald on Tuesday morning with the Ravens. For the Commanders, they've got Ravens associate head coach and defensive line coach Anthony Weaver this afternoon. Mike McDonald tonight. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn on Tuesday morning. They have later in the day Ben Johnson in Detroit where they're also scheduled to interview defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. That might be it for head coaching interviews in this cycle. So a few more names. Aaron Glenn, obviously Dan Quinn, who the Seahawks have spoken to twice already in there. Uh, it feels like it's going to be these two coordinators. Maybe maybe I'm not giving Dan Quinn enough love there and it, he'll end up with one of the two teams, but I at this point I almost feel a little I'd be a little surprised if it weren't one of those two unless they just tank in the interview or something. Because if they wanted Dan Quinn, he's right there. Yeah. They didn't they didn't have to wait for this. And now he's interviewing with Washington. So if you really felt like this is our guy, you're not leaving the building kind of thing, they let him leave the building and now he's interviewing mm -hmm. with Washington. Well and you know, you look at um we're probably gonna know not know until Wednesday. Because, I mean, even if they go, where is he headed? Detroit right now? John Schneider, I think yeah. we heard. You know, even if he has just an amazing interview with Ben Johnson, they pretty much laid out that we're going to leave no stone unturned. They're still mm -hmm. going to go and, and check out Mike McDonald. So I'm thinking hopefully Wednesday we'll have a have an answer there. But, you know, as far as, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you gave up 17 points to Patrick Mahomes and Jason Kelsey. You know, I mean, uh, that there's there's nothing wrong with that. Same thing on the other side with the Lions. You know, they score 31 points, lose by a field goal to the Niners. So I don't think that there's any anybody fretting over that. Like, oh, geez, we got the losers. Well, they're the <laughs> we losers got, of the AFC NFC Championship game. Yeah, we got the loser. We're taking a loser. Yeah. Well, you know, every other candidate is a loser as well because they're not in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you you don't wait till the end of the year, and uh, everybody on the the staff that wins the Super Bowl is a genius, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, it'll at least we kind of know like Wednesday, and then you know he talks to both of them. I, I'm curious, like how soon after that? I mean, are they going to have to come home and go? Eh, let's look at the pros and cons. Is this going to take a couple of days, or is it? We got our guy. This is the guy we wanted. And, you know, I don't yeah. I don't know why they would be talking about going to see Mike McDonald if Ben Johnson was their guy. If that's the guy that they really think this this guy, no matter what, you know, and as soon as we I don't know, maybe they interview him and then go, all right, we're canceling our trip to Baltimore. 
Yeah, maybe. Well, they've already spoken to Ben Johnson once. Now, it, was, it wasn't in person. It was over Zoom. Yeah. So they've already had that. They haven't had that with Mike McDonald. So right. I'm wondering, would they would they do an obligatory second interview with McDonald if they liked him? Or, you know, so, yeah. so this will be the second interview with Johnson. It'll be the first with McDonald. Right. So are they going to be like... Well, we talked to you on, to, when are they talking to McDonald? Tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? So, all right, let's talk again tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, is it going to be that? Or what do I, you know, I'm, I'm curious about the process since they've talked to so many of them twice. Is it going to be immediately? And what would be the point? What didn't you cover in that first interview the day before? Right. Well, and how many how, how many interviews have they had? Or do we have a tally on that? I think there that? were eight. Was it eight? Was it eight? Or nine? Um, let's see. Well, they had eight initial interviews, then they had four second interviews, and now they'll have, uh, presumably two more. So, yeah. so, so Mike is a, will be a new one because he's not a, he's a first time right. interviewer. What'd you say? I said, so radio math there. Someone else can figure nice, it out. Nice, nice job, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like also that the whole process at this point, you pretty much have it down. So if this is John's first time doing this, really, I mean, he's probably sat in on, on some things, you know, in the, in the past, but I don't know. I mean, Pete pretty much just went and hired whoever he wanted to hire. So this is a new process for, for John. But after that many interviews, you feel like you kind of, you know, you pare down some of the questions. Like, these are the ones I really want to know. After having experienced these 12 other meetings, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's shorten it up a little bit and get right to this is what we want to hear, which I'd be so curious to know what those, those questions are. Oh, huh. Love to. Maybe he'll tell us. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll get a get a chance to talk to him. Hopefully, he does the the show leading up to the the draft and everything like we did last year. But yeah, that would that would be really interesting to hear. You know what what kind of things do you value and how do you get that from a meeting, especially over Zoom? Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if there were like, all right, here are ten, fifteen, whatever number of questions we're going to ask every candidate right. and compare answers. And then you've got unique questions. So obviously, not everybody's the same. One person's an offensive coordinator. One's a defensive coordinator. Yeah. One's been a head coach before. This one has not. So how are they going to? You know, it's a different set of questions. I would assume for each each guy outside of probably a list of mandatory questions. If you will, I'm just this is me just speculating from the outside. I like you. I'd love to know. Yeah, and I'll bet you. You know, with Ben Johnson, you're asking him, "What's a defense that really bothers you?" And same thing with uh, McDonald. You know, what's an offense that really gets to you that you know you have a problem with or whatever? I don't know that they're going to divulge that entirely. You don't say things like that that during an interview. I think you're you're taught to keep it positive. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's all kinds of different ways of getting information out of these guys to know whether he's your guy or not. Uh, 253 says, LOL. I know you like that, Dave. Yes. Lots of love. Uh, it's a it's a coach, not a surgeon position. You know what? The, I'm not trying to say it's as important as a surgeon, but this is John's first crack and maybe only crack at this. And you're paying a coach millions of dollars. And so the future of this this franchise is is sort of in the hands of the person you hire and deem worthy of that position. So it's 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 not as throwaway as you're making it sound there. Like, ah, just bring in whoever. They're not we're not talking about saving lives here. Well, no, you're not. But it's extremely important. There's a lot of money being spent on this person and a lot is being put into their hands. So, you know, yeah, it's I, a little more important than that that text is <laughs> allowing for. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think the times that I ever went in and had a bad surgeon. I don't think so. No, no, it's not <laughs> happened. At one point, I remember I was uh, scheduled to have a, uh, a a certain doctor with a 
operate on my knee and i was like no i'm going to vale colorado where dr stedman is and so uh but no i not that it's uh it's it's very important yeah for and especially for john's career i mean this is a huge part of it here i mean is he you know, we, we kind of expect that he's going to have that same, at least I do, uh, same sort of knack of, you know, hiring people. I've seen John, like, interview people that he just thinks are fantastic. You know, there was a, there was a lady who was, I think it was our waiter or something like that, and she was started talking, and then she had all of these, uh, you know, interesting experiences, and then John just started interviewing her. Just like, you know, what about this, and what do you think about that? And I'm like, this guy's a, a fisherman. He's out there trying to get good people. And, He's like question uh, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and that's good. You you want to ask a lot of questions, unless you repeat or you uh, have a whole string of questions, and the other guy who's standing there can't get a word in edgewise. Oh, well. is that what happens? <laughs> is that what happens? <laughs> Whenever we're with somebody off air, I always have to raise my hand. I'm like Bob. No, it's a good it's a good quality to have. You ask lots of questions, and you know if you if you ask more questions and make statements, I think you're going to get wiser. And so, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of how he is. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll start calling him Question Boy. <laughs> He'll like that. He'll enjoy that. Yeah. All right, coming up, we have an idea about what might be bugging one of us. Figure out what that's about. It is What's Bugging Bob. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. What's Bugging Bob? It could be traffic. Hey, 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 hey. It might be Angels fans. Hey, you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And it's definitely Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time to find out what's bugging Bob. What's bugging Bob presented by Issaquah Pest Control. A reminder coming up at 3 o'clock, ESPN analytics writer Seth Walder will join us, share some insight on whether Dan Campbell's fourth down decisions were the proper decisions, whether they went against analytics. We'll get into some Seahawks, where they rank in analytics, and just see how it's infiltrated the game of football the way it has baseball. You know, I, I didn't expect that I was going to have that many questions. And once we start talking to them, what about this? What about that? How do you do this? <laughs> I've always been kind of, you know, when they have the ratings stuff. Look, I think it's kind of funny. The one thing is I've sort of seen those people as being – bad analytics people yeah that like you're much nicer about it than stink is yeah stinks i don't hate their guts i hate all of you i hate your guts <laughs> yeah but um yeah i mean look I, I think they're trying just like everybody else i just don't know that football is one of those that you can't there's too many question marks you know like as how somebody performs their job sometimes it's pretty simple and then like when you throw into triple coverage um, and then other times it's kind of like yeah you know maybe that was his fault maybe the guy didn't run the right route also with coverage and same thing with offensive line play I think there's lots of question marks yeah and I and I think it's listen I, I think in both cases baseball and football it's there to help inform but it's not absolute neither are absolute and my issues are always with the people that treat it as such well it says this so and so's ranked this, or their 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 defensive zone rating is this. I'm like, it's still subjective. That's still somebody determining. That's a human mind determining. Here's the zone. Here's where it should. This play should be made, and anything outside of it is this. And you know, so it's just sometimes you we say you got to trust your eyes. Well, and also, do you have? I mean, if you've been watching a, a shortstop your entire season, you know what his range is. Yes, right. And so. You know, I'd, I'd be curious. I don't know if those guys change, adjust that per player or they're diligent about it. But, 
yeah, there's there's lots of, you know, those are similar type of mistakes that can be made that like, oh, that's an error for him. Well, really? I, I don't think he, he has that kind of range. And, you know, the other guy does. Are you considering all of that? I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's certainly an imperfect science in, in both cases. And, and football's much newer to it. The, you know, the baseball had a big head start when it came to analytics. So we'll, we'll talk to Seth Walder about that coming up at three o'clock. But in, in terms of what's bugging us, Lefko, you, you implied that there was a, you know, a, a good idea about something that's bugging one of us. Who are you making reference to? Matt, I believe is, bothered by something. You think he's bothered? Matt's never bothered by anything. Well, he's usually <laughs> bothered by himself. <laughs> yeah, usually he's annoying himself. Yeah. You're right. Well, this could still be construed as something I've done to myself, honestly, because mm-hmm. I was the one that picked the teams on the bracket. I just didn't do a very good job. Oh, I, I thought you did a great job. <laughs> I thought I had a surefire logic behind all of my picks, and it turns out well, let's hear them. Let's let's roll through them. Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, I, because I picked of... Philadelphia uh, to win the Super Bowl because it's always sunny there. Because <laughs> of the um, show. Yes. Yeah. Buffalo. I picked Buffalo because uh, of... to uh, go to the Super Bowl because of the wings. <laughs> I love that one. Cleveland, again, because it was a 30 Rock reference. And then I don't remember who I picked for the fourth team. Was it Dallas. No, no, Maybe. I wouldn't have picked Dallas. Well, there's Detroit. a whole bunch more. Teams. Oh, you know what? It was Detroit um, because of a Comedy Central show called Detroiters that I don't <laughs> think anyone watched. I thought you were going to say because of the cars. Yeah, because oh, of yeah, There you go. Sure. Yeah. This seems too. like sound logic to me. I can't believe it didn't work out for you. It's a real shame. How could these picks have landed me in dead last? Dead last. It's over. Even though the Super Bowl is yet to be played, our, our inner office pool is done. Maura Dooley wins. Congrats to Mora. Nice. Uh, she she walked because we all have the same team winning, so we can't. Nobody can pass her. Yeah. You you accurately predicted the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, but you picked the 49ers to win. So did I. So did she. So we, you and I, tied for second. So Mora comes in first. Dave and I tied for second. Uh, Bump and Taylor tied for third, and then you got a log jam. Brandon, Brock, Curtis, Brady. And our guy Michael Simeona behind the scenes all tied at ten points each. And then Lefko can't feel good about this. He tied with Salk. I mean, <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah, that one does hurt. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Niners Ravens. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. then uh behind Lefko and, and Salk is uh Shannon and Brent, our guy Brent Stecker and Shannon Dreyer tied at six points each, and then dead last is our guy Matt. Well, I <laughs> only one point behind the <laughs> second to last place. I so wish that that Philadelphia and Buffalo would have met in the Super Bowl, and then Matt could reveal because of a TV show and the Wings. <laughs> the Wings that would have been awesome. That would have, that would have been awesome. Matt wins the whole thing. He yeah. doesn't even want the prize. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. The prize is going to a Kraken game, and uh, I uh, what more am sports I things. Do there? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's looking at it. Going, who I'll wants tell you these? what. Hold on, hold on. That could be a good punishment then. What making Matt him go gets to the crack? tickets for yes. finishing last? That's not fair. If <laughs> I would have, he has to go with Mora. Yeah, if I would have known there was a last place punishment, I wouldn't have filled out the bracket to begin with. That's not fair. <laughs> we turned it around. Oh, so there you go. It's over before the Super Bowl is even played. Somebody wanted to know where Stacy ended up. At. I don't. She's not on the list. Play. I don't know why she didn't. Uh, I guess she didn't fill out a bracket or participate. What? I don't know. She's she's above us. She doesn't she doesn't want to associate with us common unwashed, I guess. I don't know. I don't she's not on the list, so I guess she just didn't get a bracket in. 
Well, here's how brilliant I am. I uh, I actually had Pittsburgh beating Baltimore. Why? Because Pittsburgh beat Baltimore twice, seventeen to ten, and then I had them losing to Kansas City. So, but I did have Pittsburgh making a run, which they didn't. So now well, you got to take chances. Yeah, sometimes. Kansas City worked out for you. I, nobody else picked them to get there. I didn't think they, you know, because of what we talked about earlier, that offensively they were kind of having a down season for them. Felt like they were kind of just getting by. You know, yeah. they weren't quite what they were, or as potent as they were, and their defense very good. But yeah, there here they are in the Super Bowl again, and uh, yeah, it's so, kind of interesting that I feel like Andy Reid and then Steve Steve Spagnuolo, who uh, is their defensive coordinator. I feel like those two guys are kind of old school, more old school than they are metric guys. Oh, yeah. You know, and and uh, here there they are. Yeah, yeah. Good for them, man. Good for them. What about you, Lefko? Anything bugging you besides being tied with Salk? Yeah. Oh, there we go. That no. The uh <laughs> the carryover of the Friday problem, I had to deal with it today. The certain internet provider. You know, yeah, you had to you had to like steal yourself up, get ready, brace yourself for the process of trying to just get to a human representative. It's tough. That in itself took about ten minutes. And then you get through to someone and Clearly, they're reading a script because you can hear five other scripts being read. Yeah. So I wanted to just say, hey, jump down to the part where you help me because I know what you're reading through. No, no, no. I'm not interested. I get that. I don't want to add phone. I don't need a third phone line. I don't need a second. I don't need anything. So, you know, after maneuvering and handling all that, still was not quite resolved, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I like that in calling them with an issue, they're still trying to upsell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got a problem with our product currently. How would you like more of our product? Yeah, how does that sound? Yeah. Well, here's one. Uh, uh, my wife sat on the phone uh, because they're charging us for Netflix, which we already pay for. And so, long story short, we can no longer get Netflix on any of our TVs. So you were paying for it twice. Yeah, we're and paying now for you can't it twice, get it all. and now it's zero. Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> You're not paying for it, did you say? We're not know. paying for it anymore, and they cancel both accounts? Or oh, something? I'm sure that'll happen after another hour phone call. That'll, <laughs> that'll time get well taken spent. care of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, by the way, did you get any resolution, Lefko? Because I, I on my thing, I just noticed my bill, and I think mine went up as well. Uh, not I, really a resolution. Mm. I am uh, now paying less for less internet speed. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was the resolution. <laughs> I'll take less. So we all lose. We'll give you less, and yeah. you'll you'll be charged less. Yeah. So enjoy that. That's good business. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, ESPN's analytics writer Seth Walder gives us some insight on the state of the Seahawks roster, how they stack up in analytics, and certainly will weigh in on Dan Campbell's fourth down decisions. All of that coming your way next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on Seven Ten.